I'm pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Well, guess what? It's special treat today, guys. I have a special carpool guest. So say hello. Hi. So uh, who are you? I'm Greg Weissman. I'm the author of uh, Ravnica War of the Spark. Okay, so uh, Greg, so today Greg's riding with me. In fact, he drove out to my house specifically to be on this podcast. So this is some dedication to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk all about the new novel, because Greg wrote a new novel. So um, I did. Let, let's start with this. Uh, are you a Magic player? I'm not. I know that's a horrible thing to have to admit, but I, uh, I'm not a gamer at all. Um, I wrote so, two World of Warcraft novels, and I never played that either. So how, how did you get, like, how did you end up writing this? Well, how did that happen? Uh, it's a little bit roundabout, but uh, Elizabeth Schaefer uh, was my editor on uh, Warcraft and originally, and then uh, partway through that project, she moved to uh, Delray Books, and when Delray was looking for an author for this, she recommended me for the gig. Okay, so... Obviously, now this is the culmination of a big, a, a big storyline. Right. So, how do you get prepped? This is something where you were obviously not familiar necessarily with the game when you started. Probably not familiar with the storyline when you started. How do you prepare? How did you learn about all this? I read a lot, <laughs> a lot of stories and a lot, a lot of material, including material that you wrote, um, to get uh, a clear idea on uh, the significance of the color chart and. Uh, but also all the characters. Um, I read literally thousands of pages of material and took copious notes. And um, my process is very, very high tech. It involves uh, uh, a lot, a lot of index cards and Sharpies. And, um, and I spread them across the floor of my home office because for reasons I do not understand, my wife didn't want to wallpaper our house with cork cord. Ah. Um, so uh, they just go across the floor and they spread out into the living room, uh, which she's also not too happy about, but um, <laughs> it's temporary. And uh, I just move those cards around until it's, the story starts to take shape. Um, and I then write those cards up into an outline, which uh, folks at Del Rey and at Wizards of the Coast approved. And then I wrote the book. Okay, so you had to learn a lot of characters, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, War of the Spark is the, in the it's not only a culmination of the story, but uh, it involves the majority of the planeswalkers that we have made. Right. Um, so was it was it tricky writing a story with so many different characters? It was very tricky. <laughs> there are uh, over a hundred named characters uh, in the book, and each of them, at minimum gets their gets a moment yeah you know uh and and a huge percentage of those characters get way more than a moment um and there are about uh I'm gonna say 11 or 12 leads mm -hmm. um which is a lot of lead characters to juggle um but it was a great challenge it was a lot of fun and i uh love characters, fell in love with the characters, um, got to sort of really uh, help create uh, Teo Verada. Let's, let's talk about Teo Verada. So he, sure. um, 
So in the game, uh, we make cards out of the characters, and in the War of Spark, he gets a card, but he's a brand new character, so who, who is he? So Teo is a young uh, shield mage uh, acolyte from a plane called Gobakan, and Gobakan um, is a world where this sort of burgeoning civilization exists in a ring mm -hmm. between two large storms, what they call the eastern cloud and the western cloud. Um, and when you think of these storms, you need to think about the hurricane that's existed on Mars for, mm -hmm. you know, centuries and centuries yeah. and centuries. And these storms are sandstorms, basically. Um, but also, in and among the sands are diamonds. And so, shield mages are essential on Gobakan because... They uh, use their magic to create shields to protect um, villages and towns uh, from uh, these storms that periodically come through, not just with sand, but with diamonds that obviously can kill and uh, do tremendous damage. And uh, Teo is a, is a young shield mage acolyte, uh, and he considered to be the worst student in the group <laughs> um, and uh, during War of the Spark he's or just before the war starts yeah, I should mm -hmm. say um, and this is I guess a bit of a spoiler but it's mm -hmm. in like chapter 2 so I, I don't feel too bad about it or chapter 3 I guess um, uh, he's uh, caught in one of these storms and um, mm -hmm. and buried alive and uh that's what turns his ember into a spark. Ah, that's what gets that's what he sparks. Okay, very cool. Um, so let's talk. I'm gonna talk about a few characters and get your take on the characters. Sure. Uh, so let's start with the the big bad, Nicole Bolas. What do you think of Nicole Bolas? He, he is dangerous and arrogant, <laughs> and uh, um, you know, with wheels within wheels within wheels, and just in case that was enough, there's some more wheels in there. Um, his plans are. Um, so complex uh, and what he's been doing on Ravnica in again stories that I didn't write stories yeah. that, from a lot of great people who uh, came before me especially uh, Django Wexler mm -hmm. um, whose stories um, your audience probably hasn't read yet I've gotten to read them but yes that, I, I think, think that story has is not out yet um, but you know had all these machinations and, and all this uh, great planning and forethought, and so he's virtually unstoppable. Yeah, do you, do you know, uh, so the game started in 1993, do you know how long ago Nicole Bolas got created? I'm guessing 93? 94. 94, okay. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he goes almost back to the, the very beginning of the game, so uh, he's been around a long time. Yeah. As, as is the character has been around a long time. Um, so, okay, uh, of the uh, other that Nicole Bolas, he's the bad guy. Who's your favorite of the good guys? Uh, well, I'm I'm really partial to Kaya. Okay, um, Kaya. Yeah, she uh, sort of emerges uh, for me as uh, one of the heroes of, of the game. One of my leads in the book. Mm -hmm. um, sort of uh, took a job from Bolas that put her in a situation that she that it, she is not prepared for and um, 
then she has to make a decision, you know, does mm -hmm. she go along with Bolas and, or does she do the right thing? And, um, it becomes, uh, the way she steps up, I, I just really mm -hmm. admire and, um, and, uh, she sort of, a, adopts a couple characters, including Teo, mm -hmm. um, and mentors Teo and, uh, and so, you know, her growth in the book, uh, was really fun to, to write. Well, what's your opinion on Jace? I like Jace a lot. <laughs> I mean, I really like all these characters, including the ones I'm supposed to hate. Um, uh, Jace is great. Um, you know, coming off of what happened on Ixalan, he's really trying to be, uh, a different person in, mm -hmm. uh, Ravnica. Um, he, uh, grew a lot on Ixalan. Mm -hmm. Um, he's really fallen for Vraska. Yeah. And that's creating conflict, um, because, uh, Vraska, uh, well, you know, they had this plan. Yeah. And the plan sort of went awry. Um, and he doesn't know uh, what she remembers and what she doesn't. He doesn't know how she's going to feel if and when her memories come back. Um, he doesn't even know if she's going to be on Ravnica when he gets there because he knows he's getting there very late. Yeah. Um, there were all these distractions, uh, particularly on uh, Dominaria. Yep. Um, and, uh, and he, but I like him because he's really striving to change, you know, to be a better person, to mm -hmm. not be particularly as passive aggressive as he's been in the past. Yes. Um, and it's not necessarily easy for him. It doesn't necessarily come natural mm -hmm. for him, uh, at this stage to change, but he's making this effort, and I, again, really like that about him. Okay, how about Liliana? Liliana's great. <laughs> I mean, this is a hard book for Liliana. Really yeah. hard. Um, coming off of uh, the Dominaria arc that just preceded uh, uh, my book, uh, she is in a really compromised position with no good options and a growing self-awareness of how she's gotten herself into this position and um, the cost of it and almost in spite of herself it's starting to matter to her what the that all this collateral damage that she's causing um, it's no longer easy for her to uh just sort of go, well, you know, it's all every man for himself. Um, it's starting to weigh on her. Um, and yet, you know, ultimately she's still making the decisions that are best for her in any given moment. And that can change from moment to moment. But, um, you know, she, but this is a dark book for Liliana. Okay, how about, how about Chandra? Uh, Chandra is, um, 
also a lot of fun. Uh, she's uh, gonna get to Ravnica and find out that Dovin Ban is there. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna really <laughs> piss her off. Um, and uh, but she's also realizing that she's gonna have to start fighting smarter. Um, and she's got uh, Jaya uh, mentoring her and. She's um, being uh, shepherded by Gideon and by Jace, and um, but is also really coming into her own, and and uh, so she is uh, really going to step up quite a bit in this book. Well, you mentioned Gideon. How about Gideon? Gideon is also great. <laughs> um, Gideon is sort of. Uh, really eager to take a more direct approach that all the strategizing uh, hasn't worked well relative to Bolas mm -hmm. that no matter what strategy they come up with Bolas has got a plan B and a plan C and a plan D yep. and so Gideon's attitude is I got Black Blade and I wasn't thrilled about using it but I'm over that now and uh, it's time get me close to this guy, find a way to get me close. But Gideon is also a hero, and there are a lot of people endangered on Ravnica because of what Bolas is up to, and uh, so Gideon's going to step up and uh, make sure that it's it's also about saving as many lives as possible. So is it tricky? I mean, like I said, you're juggling so many characters. Yeah, like I, I said, there are 11, I mean, all the characters you just named mm -hmm. are all leads. There are 11... 12 leads in this book and it's a lot so I'm trying to think who other what, okay, what leads have we uh, is a Johnny a lead? no uh, I mean he's got a major role but he's yeah. not a lead uh, the the leads are okay. uh, Bolas uh, Teo mm -hmm. Kaya uh, Chandra Jace uh, Gideon Liliana um, Ral Zarek um, Vraska that's nine. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, test if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm just... Uh, well, here, let, let me ask about Rao and Brasco, and we'll, maybe we'll go up the other two. So okay. Rao, can you tell me a little bit about Rao? So uh, Rao has been um, playing catch-up mm -hmm. in the stories that precede uh, the book. Um, and every step he's taken, uh, some in concert with Nim Mazet, um, some on his own, uh, have kind of backfired. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, sort of plan Z was to activate this beacon mm -hmm. that would bring planeswalkers to Ravnica. And he mm -hmm. managed to activate that. And so the question is, does that backfire too, yeah. or or is that uh, going to be helpful? Is it going to end up, you know, is having the planeswalkers all come to Ravnica right. going to end up being the solution to the problem? Right. And um, he is struggling to uh, to keep up now with being the uh, guildmaster of Is it and um, and juggling all those responsibilities with also some personal issues 
that he's got going simultaneous to all this. Okay, Vraska? Uh, Vraska starts the book on Ixalan, determined never to go back to Ravnica. Mm-hmm. That it's not a huge spoiler to reveal. <laughs> Wait, she's back in Ravnica. Yeah. That, yeah. That by her second chapter, she's... <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. They, we, the two previous sets in Magic, there was Guilds of Ravnica and the Ravnica Legions, which leads up to this, that takes place on Ravnica. Mm-hmm. And she shows up as a card in one of them. So the audience is well aware that she's, yeah. that she's in Ravnica. Um, was Kaya one of the 11? You said earlier. Yeah. Okay, so we got 10 of the 11, but we'll pick up the 11. Um, the... Uh, so here's a question, the, something near and dear to my heart, which is the color pie. Uh, I know one of the things that we do whenever we get a new writer, someone who doesn't isn't very familiar with magic, one of the things I have said to, um, to Nick, one of the people that deals with writers, is, look, give them this early. This is very... Um, yeah, and I got it from him, too. Yeah. yeah. And So talk a little bit about, uh, as a writer, about someone who... I'm interested to hear your take on the color pie as somebody... Extra, like, you knew nothing about this. This is kind of your introduction to magic. Uh, sort of a, a writer's take on the color pie. Um, I I think that uh, it's a great uh, shorthand for um, defining character direction. Where I found it really useful was with the guilds. In other mm-hmm. words, um, trying to get my head around ten guilds. Mm-hmm. Before I started, <laughs> yeah. just the fact that there were ten of them, I'm like, oh my god, um, how am I going to keep them straight? Yeah. And then once you get your head around the dual colors of each guild, it's like, oh, now I get it. And it actually became relatively easy for me to keep the guilds straight. Um, uh, as challenges went on this book, once I understood. Uh, each guild's two-color uh, schema. I don't, I'm not sure what vocabulary to use. Sure, but, sure. Uh, Their uh, philosophy. Right. Yeah. You know, it, suddenly it, that all became sort of crystal clear for me, and it was really easy to differentiate and distinguish between uh, the guilds um, and make use of uh, each one's strengths. I think uh, all ten guilds are mm-hmm. featured in the book. Um, obviously some more than others uh, mm-hmm. Kaya's a lead so Orzov is big yeah. uh, Ral's a lead so it is big yeah. um, Vraska's a lead that is, so Gary shows up some yeah, yeah. Vraska's a lead so there's some guilds that are that get a little more play than others mm-hmm. but literally every one of the ten guilds it has a featured role in this book um, and I couldn't have done that without the color chart because I couldn't have kept them straight and differentiated. So, as someone who's obviously worked with different licenses <coughs> and stuff, what what do you find, what was the most unique thing about Magic, the thing that you found the most interesting as far as, from an outside perspective, I'm sort of curious. Uh, the setting of Ravnica really jazzed me a lot. Um, and I only, uh, you know, I've been reading some of Nikki's stories that have been coming out recently, mm-hmm. and and so I feel like I only got to scratch the surface because I'm in war mode. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not seeing everyday life on Ravnica. I'm yeah. seeing Ravnica under attack. Um, but I really, 
the guilds and the and the way they interact and the way the city works. Um, we have a new character in the book uh, named Rat, mm-hmm. who's gateless. Okay. Um, and for me, Teo and Rat were really essential mm-hmm. to my gateway into the story. And I think um, I think they'll be fun for uh, readers who love magic. But I think they'll be a <clears throat> um, great gateway characters for. Um, someone like me who's new to the IP. Um, Teo is someone who didn't know what a planeswalker is. Right. Oh, so he, he's your POV character to learn all right, that. Yeah, yeah okay. has never been to Ravnica. Yeah. Doesn't know... He has guilds on Gobakan. He has, like, the Carpenter's Guild. Yeah. And the... Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mason's Guild. Yeah. Uh, there... And uh, there's a point in the book where... Uh, He's asked about those guilds, and he says, I think mostly they sit around drinking and complaining a lot. Um, there's no political yeah. thing with that on his world. So he is our great, you know, point of view character to sort of intro these concepts to any reader who isn't familiar with them, and also to give readers who are familiar with them a new perspective, an outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. Rat, on the other hand, is gateless, and is considering joining um, multiple guilds. Her her parents are gruel, um, mm-hmm. but she's really a- attracted to both Selesnia uh, and Rakdos. Um, Those are very opposite, <laughs> right? And and there are re- there are very specific reasons why each one appeals to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and her parents want her to be gruel. Um, but she hasn't decided, so she is very much uh, the character who um, doesn't know much about planeswalking, but knows Ravnica inside and out. Mm-hmm. And so she becomes Teo's guide to a certain extent to the world of Ravnica. And again, for a new reader, she becomes their guide as well. Um, and for someone who's been there a while, I think she's just a really fun character that uh, I'm hoping uh, everyone sort of falls in love with. I sort of did. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm amazed the amount of characters you juggle. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. And that's not even getting into it. sounds like a, a lot of people have their their moment, even though you know, they're not the major characters, but they get their moment. Yeah, we've got um, Vivian Reed, and we've got uh, um, Watley, and Samet, and um, so does, does, Tim, does, Tim, does Tybalt have a moment? Tybalt, uh, no, I actually think uh, I was told Tybalt was might have been off limits to me at first, and then later I was told, oh yeah, you can use him, and then I was like, it's it's too late. I don't, <laughs> I don't have. So I don't think Tybalt has a moment, but uh, um, <laughs> he's one of the only ones who does. Um, yeah, well, there's something. Nahiri and Narset. Uh, Narset and Sarkin Vol Teferi and, uh, Teferi has more than one moment uh, Ajani has a significant supporting role uh, uh, so does Jaya and uh, Karn and uh, Obnixilis uh, Dak Faden um, oh, Dak Faden's one of the yeah. other leads that I forgot Ugin, does Ugin have a, I Ugin has some role Ugin has Ugin is also one of the leads so okay. uh, there are those are the two that I okay. couldn't think of at that moment uh, yeah so there's a lot of characters yeah 
Um, yeah, for the people, uh, one of the things also to know, uh, you mentioned Dak, that there are we we had a limit of how many Planeswalker cards we could get into uh, War of the Sparks. So there are characters that show in the book that aren't that you don't necessarily see on cards. Right. Um, we, this is a giant story with lots of characters, and so we got as many of them as we could on cards, but not all of them ended up on cards. Uh, but so those wondering. Um, okay, the other thing I'm, I'm kind of curious about is so if of all the characters in the book, if you could, if you were allowed to take any character and go write another book, what character are you most interested in? Well, I am writing another book. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the leads of the. Well, you know, if I reveal who the leads are, then it's revealing. Yeah. Okay. Who don't, don't, yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't uh, reveal the leads. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I can't answer that question. Okay. We'll, we'll move on. I didn't. I didn't. So I, I would didn't. reveal that they survived yes. the, the first book, and I don't think we want okay, to do that. That's true. So here's a hint. Some. Some survive. We don't, we don't, at we least don't, four characters yeah, survived. At least four characters. I went down in the second <laughs> book from 12, to 11 four. or 12 leads to four. four. So. Yeah, it's funny. We, there's a comic out right now, and some of the characters, the, the comic is post this event happening. Yeah, Chandra so, and Tybalt. Yeah. And, and you see a Johnny, too. Yeah, and, so, uh, anyway, so there's a, there's a few characters that kind of know survive, um, but uh, we, don't, we don't want to... No spoilers here. We're, we're right. trying to... We want you to go read the book, so we're not going to tell you uh, any, of this, any spoilers. Um... So, we talked about Ravnica, we talked about all the characters. Um, how about the, the how magic gets used in magic? Did you find that interesting? Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, that was, if anything, that was probably the most challenging part of the book because the characters are all, all really pop, mm-hmm. so they were easy, uh, to keep straight. Mm-hmm. I was worried about the guilds, but like I said, the, the color pie really helped me with that. I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that became uh, tricky for me is how uh, specifically each character uses their magic mm-hmm. and making sure that I was uh, as much as possible in continuity with how they'd used their magic before, yeah. when they were stretching themselves, when they, if this, well, no, that's dead easy for them. You know, uh, why isn't, uh, Jace just doing this. Oh, Jace can do that? Yeah, Jace can do that. Oh, okay, well, then we'll have Jace do that. <laughs> you know, um, things like that. Uh, it. There were so many characters, and each one has such a unique way of expressing his or her magic um, that that became actually, ironically, my biggest challenge. I mean, you know, I'm a guy who written a lot of superheroes over the years and, mm-hmm. and um, that's you know what are their superpowers that's not usually the hard part for me yeah. but um, you know the use of magic in here uh, with so many characters that I was learning all at once that took a lot of um, focus um, and a lot of help from wizards you know I mean it, it, that's what uh made it work, you know, that I had all these great people at Wizards of the Coast who were, you know, I was, we, we mentioned Nick earlier, so mm-hmm. Nick is sort of my uh, uh, contact, my main contact, not my yeah. only one, my main contact at Wizards, and I'm literally emailing Nick every night Yeah. to the point where, you know, I work late into the night, and so he'll see the emails first thing in the morning yeah. and then uh, respond 
and um, I, you know, it was getting to the point where I was like going, so am I completely annoying you? And he's like, no, no, keep asking. So, um, so I just, you know, I wasn't shy about asking questions and I wasn't shy about uh, making sure, you know, I wanted to get this right. Yep. Um, so my end of this is, so um, the creative team sits down with where I sit. And so you'll see Nick come down all the time and ask them questions and like, okay, well, if so-and-so did this and how would they, like, you know, Nick would always come down to clarify to make sure like, because Nick doesn't necessarily know the answers to all the questions. Mm-hmm. And so he has to come and talk to the creative team and like find out, like, oh, can so-and-so do this or what happens if this happens? And so, um, so you brought up an interesting point, something that I'm interested in sort of, um, that the Planeswalkers are in a lot of way like archetypally like superheroes. Yeah, very you know? much so. Um, and it's something that we... Like we we often sort of say they're like fantasy superheroes, right? That they're superheroes, but their their powers are magic based. Right. Um, how do you, as someone who's written lots of superheroes, what how how do you find them like superheroes, and how do you find them different from superheroes? Um, well, the similarities I think are pretty obvious, and I guess kind of surface. I mean, you know, they um, if you were looking at Marvel's X Men, which I actually haven't ever written. Um, you know, they're all mutants, and they all have these different powers, and how is it that this one can do this, and this one can do... Well, the answer is just, they're mutants. Yeah. There's no, uh, pun intended, magic to it, you yeah. know I mean? It, uh, they don't have to think up origins for these characters. Personal origins, sure, yeah. but not like, how did you get your powers? Well, I hit puberty. Right, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, Stan Lee was tired of coming up with origin. Yeah, that's so. where X-Men came from. <laughs> Puberty, that's a good origin. Um, and uh, in magic, so where does all the power theoretically come from? Whether the power is invulnerability, or the power is telepathy, or the power is necromancy, it's all coming from magic. Um, and what that allows you to do same for the mutants, um, is we don't have to focus on <clears throat> how or where the power came from, you know, um, you focus on the character, um, you know, what, what did they go through to get to this point? Not so much, uh, Iron Man sense, okay, he was in Vietnam and uh, and the grenade blew up and he yeah. had things in his chain. It's like, okay, I don't need to know where the magic comes from. Mm-hmm. It's about how it's expressed and how it's expressed comes down to character and personality mm-hmm. and their experiences as opposed to some sort of technical yeah. um thing to justify why the atom can shrink down and why sure. Flash runs really yeah. fast, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's very free in that way um, because it allows you to focus on the things as a writer that you want to focus on, which is character, personality, their personal experiences, not, you know, how did the spider get irradiated yeah. in the first place, you know? I mean, that kind of um, and that's a more interesting um, place for a writer to be, I think. Um, so those, in those ways, 
Yeah, they're superheroes in the sense that, uh, and supervillains. I mean, they're not all heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the sense that, um, yeah, this one can do. Sam, it's really fast. And yeah. Jace has telepathy, and and in that sense, you could sort of say, yeah, they're like superheroes. But um, what it allows you to do, um, in essence, by having this common source of their raw power is again to focus on character as opposed to focusing on the mechanics of it. Do you see what I mean? So the, the other thing I'm questioning, so this is, you know, you're dealing with characters that have existed, like I say, Nicole Bolas goes all the way back to 1994. Right. Um, and a lot of these other characters... Well, Superman, it goes back to 1938. Oh, so. that's true. <laughs> um, um, is it... One of the things that, that's very interesting uh, for magic is just because we were constantly going to different worlds and the characters were showing up in different places, um, did you find it, like, were there interesting... As you went back and looked at the past of the characters, did you find like moments for each character to help define who the character was for you? Yes, definitely. I mean, they're they're. I'm preceded by a um, small legion of phenomenal writers on this, you know. And as you said, this book is a culmination of stories that have been building for yeah. quite some time. So you know, um, reading uh, the Ixalan arc mm-hmm. and seeing Jason Vraska slowly find each other. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in a literal sense. They, yeah. they met pretty early on. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but uh, you know, find out who each other was and, and mm-hmm. find themselves and become better people for being with each other. Um, that was really significant for those two characters for me. Um, seeing Liliana's growth mm-hmm by being literally in proximity to Gideon, who yeah. she makes fun of all the time, mm-hmm. but who is clearly having an effect on her mm-hmm. in the Dominaria arc uh, that Martha wrote that mm-hmm. precedes mine. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the relationship between Ral and Kaya and uh, Vraska, Lavinia, and Hakara mm-hmm. in Django's arc, which you're listeners haven't had a chance to read yet but will eventually yeah you will eventually guys you'll get your um you know again those became really important significant um foundations to what i was writing um the bolus stuff uh uh, the Ugin Bolas origin mm-hmm. stories that mm-hmm. came not too long ago yeah um, the plush air and um and some of Nikki's stuff set in Ravnica um, came too late to have a major effect on the first book, mm-hmm. but definitely uh, have influenced me on the second book. Sure. Um, and and helped me also. So I really, uh, you know, owe a huge debt to all these uh, great writers who came before me on the on the property. Um, because they created the, the moments and building blocks that have led all these characters to this huge crisis that mm-hmm. they're all facing simultaneously. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, so, we're almost, we're almost to work. <laughs> so, uh, the book, guys, comes out April 23rd. Uh, and this is the first magic book I think we've... Uh, I mean, 
actual book we've made in about a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Magic Once Upon a Time used to have a lot more books, and we've done a lot more online stuff recently. Uh, and I, I've been told to tell you that pre-orders are open. You can pre-order now, and um, you can view a bit of it at bit.bit.ly slash mtgnovel. Um, so, any last, but I mean, we're, we're about to get to work. Any uh, final notes? Uh, well, I know that uh, the yeah uh, yeah Magali, who uh, Villeneuve, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who uh, uh, did the terrific cover art on the book, and I both signed uh, like 750 prints, and mm-hmm. if you pre-order, you can get. Uh, one of these prints for free um and uh i you know it's been a great experience and it's ongoing because like i said i'm writing a second book now um working in this playground it's just been a lot of fun um and so i'm i'm grateful for the opportunity well lots of fun it's uh uh and you you are the first uh I've had other guests on my show, but you, you are the first guest who I met literally when you came to me on the show. <laughs> Every other guest I've actually, people I already know. So it has been nice to talk with you. Um, so the, uh, the um, yeah, so the audience right now, the, the, uh, I'm not sure when this airs, but uh, we've been teasing War of the Sparks. So they, they don't know a lot yet. They, they just know that there's a lot of Planeswalkers in War of the Spark. That is um, for sure. Because in a normal magic set, there's like three planeswalkers, and this one has 36. So um, that's a little, little more than normal. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there are over a hundred named characters in this book. Um, now, not all of them, obviously, are planeswalkers. Lavinia is not a planeswalker. Yes, yes. Rat's not a planeswalker. Right. I mean, the characters of Rav, the, the, a lot of the characters of Ravnica show up, right? Oh yeah, um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things funny. Not only did you, not only is it a planeswalker world with all these planeswalkers, but also Ravnica is one of the worlds we've established the most so there's lots and lots of characters from Ravnica it's very populated <laughs> yeah and so you definitely uh, for your first magic book they, they threw a lot at you so. yeah I mean uh, when I started uh, Nick was like well there are probably a couple things you should read first I'm like great and you know he sent me and then he's like well you should probably also read this he sent me and then pretty soon I'm like guys um, you know I'm telling Tom Poehler who's my editor at uh Del Rey I'm like going okay Nick's now sent me over 2,000 pages worth of material to read and I'm happy to read it all don't get me wrong but I can't do it overnight (laughs) so it you know we had to we actually had to um, uh, alter the deadline on the book because I needed time to to read everything to read everything yeah oh very cool so guys if you haven't had a chance uh, pre-order the book Uh, it is really cool it is the culmination of Three years, actually, one could argue more than three years of story. Uh, but about Bolus, it's like yeah, twenty-five years. Yeah. So anyway, there's a chance for you guys to, to read some really fun. So I wholly uh, recommend you guys get a hold of the book and read it. Um, like I said, a lot happens. We're, we tried hard not to give it away. There's a lot of cool things that happen in the book. Um, but anyway, so I want to thank you, Greg, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And so, guys, I am here. So we all know what that means. And this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time.